So if you haven't guessed already today, there's just one theme, there's just one word. It's all about love. And in our increasingly divided world, we sometimes wonder, where is the love? Where has it gone? So I'm going to take you back in time. You probably recognize those young men up there. What do the Beatles have to do with love, right? How do we, how do we juxtapose the Bible and the Beatles, right? Well, it's hard to believe that it's been more than a half a century ago that uh, this British invasion took place, that the Beatles came to, this, to U.S. soil, began to entertain, and really turned the country, turned the world on its ear, okay? And as I mentioned, they called it the, the, a different form of a, a British invasion. So I was often, I've often been puzzled by the, the scope and the depth and the reach of the Beatles because although their songs were very famous, I didn't think that the lyrics were necessarily all that deep, okay? So as we look at um, some of their famous songs, some of their early songs from 1964, you all remember, or most of you will remember, I want to hold your hand, right? Pretty deep stuff, right? <laughs> How about, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can all sing that, break out into song. There's a message there somewhere, but it's not particularly deep or profound, at least as far as I can gather, right? But they wrote a lot about love. I don't know how necessarily uh, scriptural they were. But one of the songs that stands out the most, the title of our sermon today is, Love is All You Need. We buy into that? Is that all you need? So here's the first line from that song by the Beatles. Very profound. Love, love, love. I'm sure it'll get deeper here in a moment. Let's see what the, the second verse holds for us. Oh. <laughs> love, love, love. Okay, six times. There's got to be a message there somewhere. I'm sure it'll get a little deeper here. Let me go to the next one. Oh, okay. Doesn't seem to get very deep, does it? How deep does love have to go? Is love deep enough in and of itself? The Beatles evidently thought so. So again, I don't know how spiritual the, pardon me, the Beatles were, but as we look at the lyrics, we might kind of figure out that there was maybe a little bit of a deeper meaning. As the song goes on here, there's nothing you can do that can't be done. Now, we could read a little more deeply into that. Okay? You can do anything. You can do anything with Christ. Put your mind to it, the talents that you've been given. You can do maybe more than you think you can do. And we know that he, the great Savior, can do anything at all, right? So maybe it's a little deeper than we think. There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung. I'm very high on our choir. I think they do a terrific job. Appreciate what Jen and everybody in the choir does. And I think they produce beautiful music for us. It really inspires us and gets us in the mood for the season. So there's nothing that we can sing that can't be sung, right? There's nothing that you can make that can't be made. So as we look upon creation and how the whole universe came about, as we read in Genesis, and, and how God spoke the world into existence, and how it worked out, and how we now reconcile that, we know that anything that was made was made by God and through God. So maybe, just maybe, the Beatles are a little deeper than we give them credit for. 
Maybe this is the most important line from the whole song. Nothing, or we might say no one you can save that can't be saved. No one is beyond hope. We may think that. We may judge in that way from time to time. We may say this person, that person is a hopeless case. They're never going to get it. They're never going to rehabilitate. They're never going to get the message. But the Beatles, and as we'll find in just a moment in Scripture, there is no one that, we can't, that can't be saved through Christ. And we can also provide the impetus for that through our love, showing the love to one another, reaching down to that person that is so downtrodden, downcast, walking in darkness. We can be the one to provide the conduit to reach out to them. You might find this certainly agreeable. Love is all you need. At its very core, its foundation, it all begins with love. Everything that we do in terms of reaching out to our fellow man and woman is done through love, with love. Love is all you need. Then it goes on to say it's easy. Well, we know that love isn't easy, right? We know love can be difficult from time to time. But on the other hand, if we just let go and love one another, to humble ourselves, to surrender to God, we can love all people. And then the song ends like this. Love is all you need. I think it's up there about 26 times, just in case we don't get the message the first 25. One more time for good measure. So I'll leave that up on the screen. Love is all you need. So let's reflect on that for a moment. It's really simple. It's really easy. But then, in some respects, it's pretty profound as well because we not, for some reason, we don't seem to be getting the message. So, let's reflect for just a moment on what Phyllis read for us this morning from the New Testament book, 1 John. In that short passage, love is mentioned 18 times. 18 times in 11 verses. Love must be important. So here's the question. How is it that we've been bombarded for 55 years by the Beatles in a secular manner and by many other musical artists as well? And really since the beginning of time, biblically, by God himself, about the importance of love and why do we still not get it? Why are we quick to confront, maybe even be hostile towards someone else because they look a little different than we do or they're affiliated with someone that we don't care for or they come from a different part of the community. Why are we so quick to not love them, to reject them, to push them out? Not all that easy, is it? Perhaps love is more difficult than we think because love can be painful, beguiling, expensive, maddening. Sometimes all at the same time. So today I thought maybe together we could all make a difference or make a vow to make a difference. This second Sunday of Advent is proclaimed as the Advent of love. Let's reflect on our love. 
Let's revisit the scripture that Phyllis read for us this morning. Since God loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, I thought that was an interesting choice. It doesn't say you must, you are commanded, although there are other parts of scripture that talks about that. But all they're saying right now, all God is saying to us is you, ought, you really ought to love one another. I love you, right? Can we not at least consider loving one another? Love by nature must be freely shared and freely accepted. Sometimes others are willing to show us the love and we don't want any part of it. Stay away from me, out of my comfort zone. You're not my kind of person, sorry. I don't find any, any restrictions in scripture about who we can choose to like and love and who we can choose to dislike and sometimes even hate. That's not an option that's given to us in scripture. And maybe that's what makes love all that difficult because of what God is asking us to do. But we know this, we know that we live in him and he in us and that he has given us the scripture. So if we love one another, we take love to a higher level. And here's what happens when we take that risk, when we make that gesture to love one another. God lives in us and his love is more complete. So we think we have this thing love, we think it's just a difficult thing to conceive of, to put together. But when we love one another, God's love in us becomes more complete. So maybe, just maybe, we ought to take this issue, this concept of love, more seriously. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. That's what we celebrate this time of year, the birth of the Savior. But several weeks in advance of that blessed day, it's important for us to take a moment and reflect on love because how can we receive him in our hearts if our hearts are hardened, if we're not willing to love others that he's created? We all know, and why then do we question the value of love? In fact, if we don't profess and show our love, how will others ever see it? This is, this is really it about love. This is what, why it should be taken seriously. If we acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in us, and we live in God. And then the narrative becomes really compelling. Here's the message for the day. We know and rely on the love that God has for us. Because quite simply, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So if we want others to find God, many, most, perhaps all have to find him in us first. And if we choose to harden our hearts, he will not be found there. But if we open our hearts and humble ourselves, and show our love for God and for others, they too will see him. And this is how love is made complete in us. This is what gives us confidence on the day of judgment. Believe it or not, in this world, as flawed as we are, we are like Jesus. Not in a self-righteous way, 
but in a servant's way. So remember this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So we love because he loved us first. And that's what we celebrate in this season of love. God the Father sent his only begotten son to save us so that we may realize the glory of his kingdom. But before that day comes, there are others who didn't get the message, chose to reject the message. So today, for all of us, we can truly say that love is all you need. Let us pray. Lord God, you are love, and your love is the greatest salve that heals all wounds, comforts, and brings peace. May we love others as you have loved us, now and forever.